looking for, oh, it's a big text, I'm looking for uh, Paul and Sharon. Is Sharon here? Oh, sorry, Sharon, I've spotted you. They're going to have a lot of trouble. Are there they? You go. There you go, so they'll prank me. Will I'll they? just do that a bit. Sorry, I'm going to... It's go. I've got such a, a soft close. voice, haven't I? <laughs> um, I just want to... Did, did the church know about your new grandchild? No. Oh. So we've been talking about new things, and I knew Katie was all excited because she often prays when people are pregnant and just about to give birth. So thank you for your prayers. But wonderfully, you now have... So through um, Ruth Coleman and Joe Belcher... Now, Mr. and Mrs. Belcher, they now have a third child. A little boy, I'm told. So thank God for that. I think we'd better have my first slide, David. Thank you, if you can manage that. Oh, look. Here's a little question for you. I was speaking to somebody uh, yesterday evening and uh, they came from a, d a different background. Uh, they were brought up as Sikhs, and uh, they were asking me about what was going to happen here tomorrow. And so I explained to them that I'd be talking about this. And this person thought, oh, I've never heard that thought before. God is a human being. How many of you believe that God could be also, at the same time, a human being? Oh, hallelujah. That is such an amazing mystery. And that's what I want to unlock to us this morning, briefly. This mystery that God came in human flesh. Wow. The three Gospels, you know... Uh, talk about the birth of Jesus in different ways. So we have Luke, who probably got the details of the birth of Jesus from Mary, Jesus' mother. And then we have Matthew, um, and Matthew wants to prove to the Jewish people and anybody else who's interested that the Scriptures were fulfilled in bringing the Messiah, Jesus. So they emphasize that, or Matthew emphasized that Jesus was a king. And obviously, the important thing about why he included um, the wise men coming, you know, um, to, what, what, what's the, how does the carol go about the kings? What did they do? We three kings of Orient are. Thank you for helping me start that. And they come. And, but, but Luke hears from his mother the side of the story where Jesus is born in a manger, a place where animals feed. Jesus well, was actually born then, that came out of the mother's womb, obviously, but that's where he was laid when he was born. And Luke's emphasis is of a servant that's born to us. And he's going to be serving as a shepherd. And Luke, Luke emphasizes this. And then, of course, there's John, 
who is a little bit more philosophical in his approach as he begins his gospel. We could have the next slide, please. Because he uses this expression. He says the word, he's talking about God as the word, becomes human and lived here on earth among us. And then in his letter, he said, oh, then he goes on to say, he, that was Jesus, was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And then in his letter to Christians, he said, I want you to understand, I saw this person. He was a man. He was a man, and I touched him. I don't know if they held hands, but we know from the passage in uh, the Last Supper that he, John himself, put his head on, on Jesus' breast, it says. So he touched him, and his eyes have seen this person. And obviously... And they're saying, as in his gospel and in his letters, this man was the Son of God. God in human flesh. Let's have a look at the next slide, please. Because what I'm going to read now, I'm going to read a passage that you may have heard read many times, but probably not quite like my version of the NLT David version, all right? It's just that it was a very early form of... And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1, verse 31. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said... Greetings, O favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Now she was confused and a bit disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean by that. So the angel understood and said, Don't be frightened, Mary, for God has decided to bless you. You will be pregnant or you will become pregnant and have a son. And you are to name that son Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Wow, what a statement. And then she says, well, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. Good question, eh? How can I have a baby? And the angel replied, and this is an amazing, amazing truth, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. In the same passage, Luke writes, nothing is impossible for God. How did we start? What was the first song we sang this morning? How, oh, how great you are. How great thou art, we were singing. 
Nothing is impossible. But amazingly, though God did this miracle and a virgin gave birth, he needed someone's cooperation, didn't he? And what Mary said, I'm willing. Now, obviously, Mary knew the scriptures and she knew the promise of a Messiah coming. She knew of a king coming to rule. And she just said, me? Can that be? And then she comes to terms with what the angel has said and says, I am willing. May that happen. And later on in the scriptures, you see that she sings a song of praise to God for such a privilege that God would want to use her to give birth to God in human form. She was willing. But I'm also really delighted that Matthew tells us the other side of the story. So there was this guy called Joseph, and we can look at it, in, and you've probably heard it read many times uh, in carol services and things. And what it says in Matthew 1 is this. Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly because he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. And as he considered this, God intervened. God intervened. In a dream, the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And what did Joseph do? He went and married her. And the Bible says they had no union until Jesus was born. Joseph had the faith to look after this Lady Mary. He had the faith to believe the scripture that the angel brought to him. That nothing's impossible for God. <coughs> oh, you put it up for me, David. He interprets these things well. Thank you, David. Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And I want to say this to you. Miracles can happen amongst us if we do what the Lord commands us to do. Try and get that into your spirit. 
obedience leads to God intervening in all sorts of situations. Next slide, please. Charles Wesley wrote some words to this carol that many, many people have sung and don't really understand, in my view, the significance of it, which is why I'm reminding us of it. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. What's the Godhead mean? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three, Wesley is writing here, the Godhead dwelt in Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. And then Wesley in his hymn, Charles Wesley, he says, Hail the incarnate deity. Well, deity means what? Deity means God. Incarnate means that it can't die. It goes on forever. Incarnate is completely everlasting. Just kind of think about that. I'm really pleased, I'm told, as I've researched this, that, um, <clears throat> in fact, I'm not too sure whether my notes will go to, do us the next one, believe David, and see what that is. Ah, okay, we'll go back to that, we'll come back to that one in a second. Later in Hark the Herald, uh, it's written, Mild he lays his glory by, born, come on, help me, what has happened? Born that man no more will die. Get it into your spirit. Why was Jesus born? So that he, in the Matthew passage, he will be a saviour. Wow. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise. Who's that? Sons of earth. Who? That's us, born to raise us, and then born to give us, oh, I'm glad you know your carols. And we can sing that, and we can, as this, oh, thank you, Dave, uh, but go, go back, because it said this word, it said, hail, uh, hail the incarnate deity. I'm trying to unlock that to you, what that really means. And hail is a word that we don't use in English anymore because of high Hitler, you know? We don't use that anymore because that's offensive to use that word. But what does hail mean, really? It means praise his name! Oh, sorry, uh, if you've got hearing problems. Sorry, it means that. It means that we praise him with great adoration and great delight. Because this is an amazing mystery. God decided to come down in human flesh. Why? Let's go on to the next slide. Thank you, David. The next one. That one there. For to you in David's town. So this one was written by a lovely man called... Um, what was he called? Um, yes, I should know his name. Tate, yes? Who, told, who said that? Thank you, well done. Oh, Marilyn, I told her this morning. Nathan Tate. 
he wrote this in the year of Queen Anne. We sing a, a carol written in 1703 in the reign of Queen Anne. Wow. We like singing it because it's full of amazing truth. To you, this is while shepherds watched, some people say while shepherds washed, but to you in David's town, this day is born on David's line, a saviour, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign. Whoa, the heavenly baby there will see, shall find to human view displayed, all meanly wrapped in swaveling bands, and in a manger laid. What an interest. <laughs> what have I done? In a manager. I corrected it now. I, I did correct it, but obviously I saved it before. So saved it to my memory stick before saving. Oh dear. Right. All meanly wrapped in a manger. We, when Marilyn and I were in Israel, we, we went to see uh, a cave in which there was a trough. Basically, it was a stone trough. And that's where, where Mary laid Jesus. But the significance of that is to show us that this is a very humble beginning. Very humble beginning. God chose to enter into this world in a feeding trough. Get that into your spirit if you can. Why? Because, if we go back to the other one, David, that was the reason why he was born. He wanted to identify with mankind, but more than that, he had to become a man because God cannot die. God cannot die. So he had to become a human in order to be a sacrifice and die for us. That is amazing, isn't it? And even now, I know, he's there in heaven and he's praying for each one of us today. I know that with great assurity because then when he died and then was resurrected, he ascended to heaven and is at the right hand of God, we say. I want to read two scriptures to you now. They're the Hebrews ones, um, please, David, that you can see there. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Because God's children, that's us, are human beings made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a humble being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who has the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaveries to the fear of dying. And then later in Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16, 
it says, We have a great high priest who's gone into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let's cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced the same temptations and uh, the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to that throne of grace, to our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we're in need. Now, in Wesley's carol, there are some other verses which we don't sing, which are usually anyway. So, David, will you go to the next slide, which I think says, Come, desire of nations, come. I don't know if any of you ever sung this. I've sung it once or twice, yeah. But not often. And I think the reason why people don't sing it often especially in school carol services and things, is that it's full of amazing truth, but it's quite hard to understand and take in. What does it say? It's asking God to come. Right? Fix in us your humble home. And then rise the... I won't go into too much about rise the woman's conquering seed, but that's him, that's Jesus, he's the conqueror. Um, bruise in us the serpent head that's to do with the evil one he's pictured there by serpent and I could talk a lot about that but I won't now now display thy saving power ruined nature now restore now in mystic union join thine to ours and ours to thine what is that saying? let me tell you this how do you become a Christian? Do you not have to be born? Is that right? That's how you can become a Christian. You have to be born again of the Spirit of God. It says in John 1, it says that Jesus... What does he say? It says, although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Will everybody here recognize this Christmas that we are celebrating Jesus who came? Jesus who came is God. Even in his own land and among his own people, he was not accepted. But to all who believed, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are to be reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, this rebirth comes from God. And the only way that can happen 
is when you accept the Lord Jesus as the person who can save you and you invite him to come by his spirit and live within you. And I want to invite you to do that this morning. To invite him in. So there's another part of the hymn, if you carry on please, David. The bits that we don't sing. Adam's likeness, Lord efface. In other words, our fallen nature, our sinful nature, get rid of. That's what I think efface means. Someone can correct me if they know better. But that's what I think it means. And then instead, because it's all rhyming, you see, stamp thine image in its place. Now get rid of our sinful nature, is, is writing here, and stamp your image, God, in place of that. Wow! Second Adam from above, that was Jesus, reinstate us in your love. Let us, though lost, regain your life, the inner man. Oh, to all thyself in part, in other words, God can give us so much, formed in each believing heart. Do you believe that Jesus Christ came to save you and give you second birth? Let's just pray and say thank you to him. Lord, I want us as a people and I want myself to say to you, thank you for your amazing plan. And we want to open up our hearts and our lives to you. We know we don't want to live as a fallen group of people. We want to be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. So will you come into our lives right now? Renew us. Give us new birth. Be born in us today. We're going to close now by singing that hymn. And I believe as we sing it, we can also just reach out to God and glorify him for this amazing plan. But we're going to sing Hark the Herald.